Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 145. Today is July 13th, and we are back with another action episode, the weekly action episodes that are going out on Wednesdays or to Tuesdays whenever you are watching live, if you are. Today we're joined by Colin, and he's got a bunch of fun betting sabermetrics and just kind of like a, I don't know, you, why don't you tell us what you're talking about today, Colin? Sure. So uh, first of all, I want to make sure to give credit to uh, one of our contributors, uh, Tanner McGrath. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Tanner's Truth. Uh, actually, I, I mean, maybe you don't want to because like DJ, he's a Red Sox fan. Um, <laughs> but but he's got an article going up tomorrow, going up Wednesday, I guess, the 14th. Um, kind of betting trends we saw throughout the first half. And then he gives his opinion on whether this stuff will continue or not. Um, so I, I actually wanted to start out with a little game here. Uh, ha- have you guys guess. Um so we've got our most profitable teams of the first half and our least profitable teams for the first half. As you know, in baseball, people rarely bet on run lines. It's just straight up money lines. So it's teams that you bet on who were underdogs often, often enough to make you money and teams that you bet on who are favorites and lost enough that that they don't make you money. So I'm curious, you know, I, I just, just for a little fun here, if you guys had a guess on the most profitable team of the first half of 2021. You want to start us off? I think I know this one from previous uh, previous episode. It may like have changed, the, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I have the top five and bottom five. I, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start off. Actually, I'll start off. Cause I, this is, this is the, I picked this team when I was guessing earlier on, so I'm going to stick with this team, and it's the San, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I would say the same. I think other teams that may be in that top five could be potentially the Reds because um, they're sneaky in second place in their division. I think they are still. I, maybe the Mariners? They're, they're a little bit above 500. I'm assuming they've been heavy underdogs in a lot of their games. So I feel like they're around what, you know, the athletics were or used to be at before they got respected in, in like the last couple of years when they've always kind of just been a shitty team and Vegas didn't assume the mm-hmm. just the money ball will work type thing. I think that's kind of what the Mariners should be sitting at lines wise. Yeah, you you nailed it. You guys both nailed number one, the Giants. Uh, if you bet the Giants straight up every single game in the first half, you'd be up 20.1 units. Mariners right behind 19.2 units. Wow. The rest of the top five, we'll see how much it surprises you or not. The Red Sox, 15 units. The Rays, 10.6 units. And the Astros, actually, at six units. Astro- Astros and Red Sox shocked me a little bit. Why but, does the Red Sox shock the, you? The Red Sox were probably undervalued for the first that's half true. of this, like that's the first true. quarter of the season, and now they're probably finally getting respect. But, I mean, the, you know, teams that, that win a lot of games – do also make money. Like we don't only have to look for the middle of the pack people who are undervalued, like the Mariners. Yeah, like if but you profitability look at, wise, it's usually the team that is. Yeah, but if you're not losing, yeah, if you ain't losing, <laughs> you're not going to really lose that much money. And they're not a heavy, heavy favorite. The Astros, I'm a little surprised about, to be honest. Yeah, yeah six units, not not an insane amount, but still, that's the fifth most profitable team. Let's go to least profitable. Do you have a, a guess on? I, I'd say the Yankees are absolutely up there. The, I, the Braves, Braves, Yankees. There. Um, Who's, 
I kind of want to see the Dodgers because they, they went on a pretty f- terrible streak, but they were probably favored the entire time on that streak. They were doing terrible. Maybe the Padres, too, in, in the same thought process yeah. there. I mean, the, the Padres are in, in third. Or, they're, they're winning a lot of games, but they're probably heavily favored, no? I, if I had to put, put my money down, I'd probably say Yankees, but, Twins, maybe. Twins yeah, were supposed to be you, good, and they just are dog water before you answer that like are we going a terrible route or is we just pick the worst teams in each division because those are going to be the least profitable like is it the rangers that's actually where we're going a little bit it's not quite as surprising uh the bottom two teams actually are the diamondbacks oh Um, Oh, yeah they don't almost almost twice as as few as little money as the second worst team the diamondbacks if you bet them every game you'd be down 33.9 units and then the orioles (laughs) at 18.7 units uh the rest of the bottom five uh, you nailed the Twins, 18.3. The Royals, actually, minus 12.9. And then your Yankees at minus 10 units. There you go. See, <laughs> I expect that. I think we were we were hurting ourselves a little bit by overthinking it. I mean, with with the same mentality as the why the Yankees are so bad, because they were supposed to be good, and they're kind of middle of the pack. But obviously, teams like the Diamondbacks just keep it simple, stupid. Like They're just bad. They don't win, so yeah, they're, they're not going to be profitable. So. <laughs> Exactly. A um, couple other, before we move on, a couple other tidbits uh, just to get your reaction. Again, uh, you can draw your own conclusions as to whether these things are going to continue. Maybe you start riding this wave in the second half, help you make some money, or maybe the stuff's a little more fluky um, and you want to, you think things are going to regress to the mean. Um, the Mets, home unders. If you bet the under on Mets, on the Mets, games when they play at home that record is 28 13 and one this season a 68 percent winning percentage if you bet a hundred dollars on the under on every Mets home game this season you'd be up one thousand three hundred and fifty nine dollars do, do you have any reasoning behind that or is that well just because some pitching mass their <laughs> offensive pitching i mean not offensive pitching what does that even mean <laughs> their pitch their pitching has been unbelievable and their offense has been not putting up a lot of runs. That's why. That, I guess that's why yeah. I said offensive pitching. <laughs> but you said, but you said home field. That's why I thought it was something team different. in baseball at home this year and the best pitching staff at home this year. Hmm. They're allowing just 2.26 runs per game at home, and they're scoring only 3.32 runs per game at home. It's interesting, though, that it's, you know, when things are that profitable, it just means that the odds haven't caught up to that yet. So you kind of want to ride the wave until the odds start getting adjusted. You generally see these things level out to around 500 by the end of the season. That's why it's kind of hard to gauge. Like, is it going to regress to the mean or not? I think, and Tanner, the author of this article thinks it probably isn't, you know, they're going to get pitching back in the second half. If Carrasco comes back, if Syndergaard comes back, it's kind of hard to say, but it's, it's, it's interesting nonetheless. Um, Another one here, everyone, I mean, kind of fitting with the All-Star game going on right as right about start as we're recording this. Um, everyone always talks about Coors Field and run totals because, you know, it's the best run environment in baseball. Coors Field has actually been profitable betting unders the last, last two seasons. And this year specifically, um, if it's first five inning unders. So a lot of people like to bet the first half, you know, take the relievers out of the equation. If you bet the under, the last two seasons, if you bet the under for the first five innings at Coors Field, um, just blindly every single game, you'd go 52-24 into a 68% winning percentage and be up $2,379. So it's pretty good. Odds makers, odds makers always struggle with the total at Coors Field. 
because of the run environment, but it's particularly interesting these last two years with how bad the Rockies have been, but still yeah. a good home team. And it's clear they don't really know what to do. Um, they, they keep setting the totals too high and, and it's an opportunity to make a profit. Yeah. I feel like whenever we look at Coors Field over-unders, whenever they're playing there, it's just always like 12, 14, mm-hmm. up, in, up in that crazy area. And you said, you know, they're probably going to continue with the unders. I, I feel like they definitely are, especially when and if they trade Trevor Story, then where's the offense at all? So like, I, I'm going to keep hammering the under if he gets gets moved to my Yankees or somewhere yeah. else. So Exactly. Uh, a couple other, I'll, I'll kind of rapid fire these. I know we don't want to go too long today. Um, if you bet the under on every Nationals game this season, you'd go 54, 31, and 4. Uh, be up to $2,085. If you bet the over on every Minnesota Twins game this season, that's 54, 30, and 5, and be up 21, 27. The over? Um, the over on Minnesota Twins games, yes. Huh. Yeah, I guess the because Twins are still scoring. Their offense has still been good, despite yeah. how bad they've been. Yeah, with Kenta Maeda regressing. Um, yeah. Um, and then the the final thing is pitchers. You can bet um, the profitability of starting pitchers. Um, again, it kind of falls hand in hand with the, that team thing. Guys who are kind of undervalued on teams who have kind of been surprising. The most profitable uh, starting pitchers in 2021, Chris Flexen of the Mariners, plus mm. 9.58. Casey Mize of the Tigers, you know, former number one overall pick, starting to put it together this season, plus 9.42. Another Mariner, Logan Gilbert. Uh, 9.37 and Aaron Savali of Cleveland plus 8.14 on the opposite end of the spectrum, the least profitable pitchers, bad pitchers on bad teams. Won't surprise you to know Jorge Lopez, Baltimore Orioles. uh, If you, (laughs) if you bet the Orioles on every single Lopez start, you'd be down 8.94 units. Uh, JT Brubacker that this kind of surprised me actually, because he's kind of a hidden gem in Pittsburgh. Hasn't been too bad. Um, Pirates are four and twelve, and his starts minus seven point eight one units. And then Luis Castillo of the Reds, an actual former ace who just got off to a terrible start this season, he's minus seven point one two units. And then Carlos Martinez of the Cardinals minus seven point one zero units. Has Castillo Finally, done better? Castillo has been better lately. Because um, I had him know, my fantasy I, team at first, and he was absolutely horrible. And I, I yeah. he was so bad that I stopped <laughs> watching. I mean, him along with Trout getting hurt. And a, like Buxton getting hurt, a bunch of other people getting hurt. I just gave up on fantasy, but that's why I don't know how he's been doing recently. So he was he was bad at first. So I'm not shocked <laughs> by that. Yeah. Um, and then again, starting pitcher trends. Um, a lot of times with starting pitchers, you want to look at first five innings because a lot of pitchers don't go much more than five innings. So if you want to just bet on a starting pitcher, first five innings, the most profitable pitcher there has actually another Mariner. You say Kikuchi. Uh, all-star not playing tonight. Um, first five innings, Mariners, money lines, and Kikuchi starts 10-5-2. and two, You're up $728. On the flip side, the least profitable pitcher in the first five innings, Jake Arrieta of the Cubs, or I should say the corpse of Jake Arrieta, pitching <laughs> for the Cubs. Uh, 4-12-1, you'd be down $867 betting on Arietta. Yeah, he hasn't been great for a while. I th- that's that's that, he's one of the biggest drop offs out of any pitcher I've seen since I mean him other names that come to mind with I mean what, what do you guys think because I think of Matt Harvey being one of them Harvey. but I think Arietta was a harsher drop off than Harvey Harvey that like, kind of fizzled out over a couple of years Arietta won a Cy Young and then was just terrible really I yeah feel like well, opposite 
Like yeah, I don't know. He, had a thing. he he was a late bloomer also. So unlike Harvey, Arietta's drop off came when he was already in his early thirties. Like he won his yeah. Cy Young yeah. in his late twenties. The guy I think of often, um, he was never at like Cy Young heights, but maybe five to ten years ago, I think it was Ricky Romero of the Blue Jays. Yeah, um, he went from emerging starter to out of the league i feel like in just a handful of years and and those are those are interesting cases too because you, you can name a million of examples of these when it comes to injuries but mm-hmm. these are guys who stuff fell off you know yeah. Yeah, like r.a dickie is another one i feel like he, he won the cy young and then his stuff people just figured out how to hit a knuckleball i guess yeah or he just was very old which he was like nearly probably 40, probably <laughs> probably 40 of things. yeah but that's really interesting exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I wanted to I wanted to run that stuff by because it's kind of just it's it's slightly fun facts, but if you look into the numbers a little deeper, it's it's an opportunity to try to find some value as you enter the second half of the season. If you want to follow some of those trends, again, people can uh, check out that full article on theactionnetwork.com. dot uh, Went starting Wednesday uh, by Tanner McGrath. If, if you had if you had one of those picks to ride the rest of the season, what would it be? One one of those like serometric. Yeah, I might ride all those, stats. but if you if you had to pick one that you're most confident in, what would it be? Most confident and least confident. What would what would, the, what would they be? Um, let's see. Most confident would probably be those Mets home runs. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Um, least confident. Well, one I didn't mention here that's within the article that would I probably be least confident in is that the Detroit Tigers have actually been a profitable team since the start of May. You know, they had a mm. horrendous April and have actually played above 500 baseball. They're 32 and 30 since then. If you bet $100 on every Tigers game since May 1st, you'd be up $1,414. Um, you know, they've got a lot of young talent on the Tigers, but I just don't think that that type of success is going to continue. They might yeah. finish around 70-ish wins, but I don't think they're going to be an above 500 team throughout the months of August and September. So that would be... That would probably be the one I'm least confident in. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I would probably pick the Mets, just because the Mets pitching is, like you said, them being so good this year, just depth-wise, and also, I mean, we were talking about this, I think, with uh, with BJ. We are talking about how Edwin Diaz is back being... Oh, no, we talked about this in our Mets preview episode. Just Edwin Diaz is actually pitching well again. That's enormous for them. I mean, their bullpen was supposed to be something that was going to be bad, and they haven't been that bad, or at least... I haven't taken a deep look at it, but I know Edwin Diaz has been good, and their starting pitching is so deep with Stroman, and they're getting back, hopefully, Syndergaard and Carrasco. Or not hopefully, because I don't really care how they do. But yeah, <laughs> It's going to take a, a pretty epic Mets-like collapse for them to not Which win that division with, with the Braves losing Acuna, yeah. Um, yeah. the yeah. Phillies bullpen being trash, you know, Washington, who knows. Um, I know, I know Mets fans are probably on edge because they've seen it before, but it's, it's certainly their division to lose. Yeah. I think this is a different Mets team too, but the one, the one team in that division, I think, like you said, would be the nationals just knowing how, how good they do in the second half usually. And I mean, 2019, their second half was unlike any other and they won the whole damn thing. So, yep. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask was like, I'm I'm not asked, but just say like, I'm really curious to see what team is going to come out and be like one of the more, one of those more profitable teams in the second half because they're probably doing pretty shitty right now and then they're going to pick it up towards the end of the season. I think the Nationals yeah, might look, be a good bet. Yeah, you look at teams that are going to be underdogs because yeah. they're not playoff teams, but teams that aren't necessarily like big sellers and instead are going to be calling up a lot of their young kids who are trying and competing for jobs. Mm. You know, 
the Mariners are already up there, but they fit that bill. Um, the Royals kind of fit that bill. They, you know, they don't have a lot of pieces they're going to trade at the deadline and they've got all these young arms, you know, maybe they call it Bobby Witt Jr. for the yeah. second half. Um, so I would say the Mariners are the obvious pick because they're already up there. I would say the kind of underdogish team that could fit that bill would be the Royals. I'm just thinking out loud here, kind of not related, but a little bit related because you could pick them to kind of do well for them from here on out. We're talking about the Braves. Do you think the Braves will be sellers? I'm just trying to just figure out who's going to be sellers in the second half. I mean, we we know now that the Cubs are going to be sellers. I feel like now that 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 uh, Acuna news might put you in the camp of being sellers. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because they have such a good core structure. Of a team, it could be like a retooling though, because you know this this year might is not gonna it's not gonna happen. Yeah, this year this year is scratch. So like, they sell off a few pieces and just like retool for next year. I think it easily. They they, can easily go out there and win next year. The question. Um, Yeah. You know, Freddie Freddie Freeman would be the big fish. He's a pending free agent, I believe. I would like. Here's the thing, though when when you get rid of Freddie Freeman, you're you're basically just kind of giving not giving up, but you're like no, but you're gonna get a lot for him, though. Yeah, that's true, (laughs) but that's also like that's part of your your core team right there. Yeah, but if he's gonna walk in the winter, you do it. I I don't think that they're the type of franchise that's going to hard sell. Um, yeah. Right now, they don't really have anyone beyond that, and and you know Charlie Morton, I guess, who would probably retire if he got traded because yeah. <laughs> he's got a move. He's like, oh, it's not even fucking. He worth almost it. retired, at, you know, at the end of last season. Yeah, I didn't but think he was gonna be pitching. All, all of the rest of their guys are either veterans nobody wants or, or young building blocks who they're gonna want to build uh, build around in twenty twenty two and beyond. Yeah, yeah that's I'd, true. I'd be really surprised if um, Freddie Freeman was a, a trade piece. Or, or that, like the Braves went full out selling. Hmm. I but, think I think uh, a team a team that I'm before. I'm gonna eye. I mean, it's fun now looking at it for just like to reassess and regroup for the second half because we were talking about how Vegas, you know, t- takes about this much time to to catch up to to teams and find out whether like if they're heavily favored and they start sucking, like the odds start tend to if they figured them out by this time. So their odds are different. Like with the Yankees, they're not going to be nearly as high favorites as they were at the beginning of the season. So teams like the Yankees, if you were to isolate it as we talked about profitable teams, I think in terms of isolating it for the second half most profitable teams, if you clean the slate and and start from zero, I would take the Yankees from here on out, I think, because their lines are going to be a lot lower. than They're not going to be high favorites anymore. Now they're, they're in the eyes of Vegas, in the eyes of me, a Yankee fan. They're a pretty average team. So it seems who has a lot of intrinsic value built in there. So I think the Yankees, for the people listening who are all Yankee fans, I think they they are a pretty good team to ride, which is not usually something that I do with the Yankees because they are always so heavily favored. But I think I think those times are done, especially in the next couple of weeks. They're going against the Red Sox and the Rays and a lot of a lot of tough matchups. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did I'll, I'll certainly be looking for opportunities to buy them as as underdogs, especially leading up to the deadline. Yeah, yeah. I even recognize last few games. Um, against Houston and then the previous year, like we were underdogs in a couple of those games where I was surprised because we're network. We're usually never underdogs, even when we're like, we're playing a good team. So you yeah. can see that trend already kind of happening. And one thing I will say about the Yankees and Colin, you know, this better than anybody is they play, they play good teams pretty well. We swept the white Sox, and they just, 
they get just lazy, I feel like, with the bad teams and get swept by teams like the Tigers and just teams like that. But when it comes to playing good teams, they usually play up. I mean, you saw what just happened against the Astros aside from that last game. They they usually play up to the competition, so that does give me hope for for the playoffs a little bit. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. All right. So is that is that the end of the article? You got anything else in there? That's no, that that's that's pretty much it. That that's all any, I have. Any gold mines you're sitting on or is that it? Gold <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, one question I wanted for you too is uh uh sure. well obviously the home run derby's done, but who did you have? Because uh, me and Damon had a little bit of a, a side bet, oh. me versus him. I had I had Otani, he had Gallo. As a staff, we got rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picked Alonzo. That's um, so surprising. It's really like the only bet. Him. Yeah, um, the only bet I won personally is I bet Sal Perez over seventeen and a half home runs in the first round. But I had I had outrights on Sal Soto and Olson. Um, I had <laughs> I had that an American League hitter would win the award. They had five compared to three. And I had that Otani would hit the longest home run. He had the second longest. Yeah, so Soto had the longest. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, it, it always works out like this. But in hindsight, it was like, of course, it was going to be freaking Alonzo. If it wasn't going to be Otani, it was going to be Alonzo. Um, I'm to the point, I mean, if he's in the competition next year, if he's in the competition two years, I'm betting Alonzo to win the Derby until he proves he's not going to win a Derby. <laughs> I mean, especially with that pitcher he's got. That pitcher was just piping them in there every the same yeah, spot overlay. every time. I did see the overlay. We were talking so about that sick. yesterday when it was happening. It's like, oh, my God, this guy is literally pinpointing it high and inside every time. And then the graphic came out where the pitches landed, and it was in the same <laughs> spot actually every time. It was ridiculous. So I'm with you. I'm with you picking Alonzo. I mean, that dude. He knows what he's doing. He's he also strategy. just, I, he's the only person, we were talking about this before, is the only person who actually genuinely, he said, I love this derby. I love the derby. I'll keep doing it. Everybody else kind of wins. Like, you know, Judge won it and he just hung him up. Vladdy hung him up. He didn't win it, but he hung him up. Like, after doing it once, Acuna did it, hung him up. All these guys, Stan, I think, I think. Pete Alonso is probably going to do it until he is like in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Next year will be fun too. The all-star games at Dodger stadium. We were actually talking about this last night. John Carlos Stanton's from the Los Angeles area. They can get him to do it one more time next year. Get a couple, a Dodger or two in there, you know, depending yeah. on who's having a good year. It'd be fun to see Bellinger or Muncy mm-hmm. or Seager. Or I was saying even, I think Will Smith would probably be an awesome home run derby hitter. Yeah. Um, well, and then just Alonzo defending his crown again against a, a host of host of mashers. I love that they put up a million dollars to the winner. It gets a lot more interest from the top sluggers. It's like it's okay if Judge or Tatis Jr. or Vladdy don't do it because there's still enough big time hitters willing to yeah. do it. And then you get the cool stories like like Trey Mancini or hometown guys like yeah. like Story was. Um, but yeah, it's I mean. It's a hell of a lot more fun competition than it was a decade ago. Yeah, no, it's definitely a blast. I was saying yesterday before we, it came on, I was I'm more excited for this than I was for any Yankee game in recent memory this year. Like, I was, uh, other than opening day, I think yesterday I was more excited to watch than any single game. So yeah, hopefully that changes in the second half. But uh, I don't I don't know I don't know where we sit with our Yankees. But uh, anyway, man, appreciate you coming on and. I don't know. Do they have odds for the All Star game? 
They do have odds yeah. for the All-Star game. We've got our best that article up right now. I'm going against Sean Zarillo, our top MLB guy, so that makes me nervous. He makes the National League favorites. Um, the National League are betting favorites. Uh, last I looked, they were minus 120. The AL was plus 100. My best bet, because I want to, ha- I wanted to have a little fun with the dirt, you know, with the All Star Game. It's just the All Star Game after all. Is I love early scoring. Um, if the no runs first inning prop, and say yes to that. I love it with Scherzer giving up a lot of home runs this year with Otani probably being tired from last night. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I also have a, a plus 160 prop that's um, people are going to listen to this tomorrow and laugh at how <laughs> terrible that's turn out. Uh, the American League to score first and win was plus 160. And uh, and then and that's my favorite kind of fun prop out there tonight. Who would you take as an MVP today? <clears throat> My, my my sleeper pick, I didn't bet any MVPs, but my sleeper pick would be Marcus Simeon. He feels like the mm. kind of under-the-radar guy. He's a starter, hitting a little down in the lineup, couple clutch hits, uh, and he takes it home. You know, if anyone, if any of the top stars do something big, Otani, Vladdy, Tatis, they're obviously going to win it. But the under-the-radar pick, I would say, um, I hope I can look like a genius. Yeah, to your if everything um, hits. <laughs> if you don't, we'll, we'll just cut it out if, it, if, you're, if you're wrong. <laughs> Marcus, Marcus, I mean, that'd be my. Favorite. Now I could see that. I could, a lot of people I saw were taking guys like Bobachet and and other people like that. I honestly, I'm be a little Homer bias, but uh, I'm gonna take Judge because last time of the All Star game, remember what happened with him and Scherzer on the bumps. So Scherzer was pitching, and Judge just immediately takes him deep. So I will hope that that happens again, and that would yeah. be very fun to watch for me. Who would you take, Damon? <laughs> Um, I feel like I feel like they're gonna give it to somebody. They have to give it to somebody like a, a big name. Like if Tatis makes one good catch, they're gonna give it to him. Yeah, so, or I feel like Vladdy might just hit, yeah. Hit and I'll him. have to win though. Too. Or honestly, honestly, this though, if if Otani goes one inning pitch, no runs, and then gets one hit, he's gonna win it. Yeah, like if, he, if he does a little bit on each side of the plate, I mean, I'd be I'd be so shocked given that he just had a whole Herman Derby yesterday and is probably gassed. But if he somehow pulls that off, then he 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 pulls off a minimal, average like an average performance. He's gonna win the MVP. Yeah, he's gonna be DH too when he gets pulled, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's opportunity to be yeah. the first like person ever to have like a shutout inning and like a hit in an All Star game. That's gonna win the MVP. Yeah, I might take him honestly. Just to, he's just gonna keep adding to this this list. Of I hope he does. That's that he sick. has. He was an All Star first All Star. What was it? First All Star as a pitcher and as a hit, yeah. as a position a hitter. Yeah. Ever so, ever. I, I don't. I don't think it's my my, my under the radar NL pick would probably be Castellanos. Uh, this just feels like yeah. the kind of environment for him to thrive in. Another starter hitting kind of down in the order. Um, Homer ballpark. I, again, too. I, I don't know these odds. I I didn't look at MVPs. I'm not. I'm a. I'm an insane gambling degenerate. But not quite <laughs> enough to bet on the All Star Game MVP. <laughs> I don't know. I think I thought that was a pretty fun one. I might. I might throw a couple bucks on on. Uh, no, I'm gonna take a look at who's who's actually on the team, and then I'll make I'll take some some big underdog to to win the whole thing. I think Castellanos is probably a big underdog. So I mean, him hitting yeah. two home runs, anybody can have one good game. So we'll exactly. see. So yeah, anyway. hurry. The game's starting any minute. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we got to hurry you off here. Just kidding. Uh, thank you for joining us, Colin. And where can the people find you on the Action Network app? Uh, C.O. Whitchurch. Uh, it's the, the simple way to spell it, I tell people. It's a combination. Of my first and last name is just Cow Hit Church at Cow Hit Church <laughs> on Twitter and on the Action Network app.
Awesome. And you can follow us if you want to follow our picks. Like we always warn you, don't follow our picks. But if you want to, I'm 161 Luke. That's 161 Damon. Not here. Not pictured is 161 Bing and 161 Murph. Download the Action Network app. It's a lot of fun, and it helps you bet. And there's also the Sharp, what was it? The Sharp Report. The Pro Sharp Report. Report. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to tell the people a little bit about that before before we sign off here. Yeah, well, um, our, our well, there is a Sharp Report also. There's a Sharp Report, which helps you see what the betting public's doing. So if you see um, a lot of monies on one side and a lot of bets are on the other side, um, you know that that sharps are on the side with, with the money because generally smart betters are the ones putting down more money. Mm-hmm. Our pro report, we do projections every day. Sean Zarillo, our, our expert genius <laughs> data whiz. Uh, he comes out with projections every single day that will grade lines, essentially say this team is plus 100 and I think they should be plus 120. So bet it. And, and, and you've got a, he'll, he'll grade it. He'll say, this is a B plus line, an A line, a C line, etc. So um, all that stuff's available at actionnetwork.com and the action app. And I'll tell you guys, honestly, I've been working for this company for seven months and they've made me, and just following that stuff has made me an immensely better gambler. So if you want to make money, follow it. <laughs> That's the slogan right there. Make money, follow action. <laughs> if you like money, follow the Action Network and all their resources they have there. They do have a ton. I've been using it for a while. And, yeah, definitely got a lot of stuff there. Anyway, thank you, Colin, for joining us today. We'll see you back here in two weeks because, you know, you and BJ do the alternating thing. But hope yeah. you hope you enjoy the All-Star game. And uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.